Welcome to Transcend into Wellness, where every week we chat about all things energy, spirituality, human design, and manifestation. I'm your host, Minu, and I'm a transformational life coach and energy healer. I'll be educating you on overcoming your fears, self-limiting beliefs, and raising your vibration so that you may achieve lasting peace and happiness. All right, welcome back to another episode and transcend into wellness. And today we have a super, super special guest. Jeff Crawford is here, who is the Nashville Shaman. Hey, Jeff. Hey. (laughs) Thank you for joining me and all of the audience listening to us, obviously. And, you know, Jeff and I have had a very interesting past and and on how we met and how we even like came here and we're like friends here we're recording a podcast and we're doing some different things with the collective consciousness right now which is pretty big and pretty interesting so you know Jeff uh, why don't you go ahead and just tell them how we met (laughs) well I met you through Reiki class I believe um I I don't remember if we had spoken much before that I, I I don't recall. Um, but I remember you had already done some Reiki training uh, in India. As yep, it was. I, yep. I did some in India and then I did some in Mexico because I had moved in 2018. And I think that's when we met for the training and I had just moved from Mexico. So, <laughs> Right, right. And of course, I was doing all this stuff with Peru. So, I mean, we kind of had this South American, you know, connection going as well. Um and then I remember that you had very interesting insights into the Reiki. You were, you were comparing and contrasting, you know, the teaching uh, methods and and just how you were learning. And and I found that very fascinating. And and then of course we were, you know, continued to connect at more meaningful levels and, and realized that we had a lot more in common. Uh, yeah. Including... Should we tell them the creepy parts? Yeah. <laughs> So Jeff and I, we both share birthdays. We we both are born July 15th. So obviously it was like, okay, you're a cancer. I'm a cancer. That itself is like quite astonishing. Like, you know, two healers in Nashville, first of all, like coming across each other and identifying that we share birthdays. That was like blowing my mind on another level. And then to identify, we also have the same moon, which is Aries. <laughs> so there's that fire energy going on, like, you know. So I I just felt like when I met Jeff and when I went to like to your workshop, Jeff, you know, like the first thing I noticed when I came into your the the space is a Ganesh. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait, like he has a Ganesh and Ganesh, if you guys don't know who Ganesh is, he's like an Indian god who's like almost like a destructor of obstacles. Like people pray to him, people invite his energy in when they're starting something new. He's like and he's like the portal for like opening he's like a portal for like starting new things so people always invite his energy in so when I went to you know your space Jeff I saw Ganesh and I got really excited and I don't know there was like an inner knowing for me it just like kind of clicked that okay I'm going to be learning a lot from him and we're going to be we're going to be friends and I don't know how that's going to happen but I just have a feeling that this is going to be more than one Reiki class (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, and of course, Ganesh for me is God will make a way. You know, I, I grew up from a very challenging, uh, you know, single parent home, and and uh, and just lots of challenges. Yeah, that I won't bother to go into necessarily. But uh, then when I experienced Ganesh, my uh, Ganesh had been appearing in my life for years in in ways that I wasn't expecting, and so it was really raising my curiosity as to who this Hindu you know, deity was. And I had grown up with an Indian missionary, but he was a Christian, so he didn't teach us that. And so um, when I went to Thailand is when it really hit home for me, when I realized that the sailors would take Ganesh with them, you know, over the sea. And and so every Buddhist temple also had a temple to Ganesh. And it just really internalized to where, you know, when I see Ganesh, I just, even when I'm not having any obstacles, I just know that God always makes a way. Yeah. Yeah, it's just been amazing for me. I feel like for me, he's been a big guidance in anything that I have started. And Mm -hmm. it's not like I rely on him to show up, but he just like shows up whenever I'm like embarking on a new journey. 
And right. it's almost like he's like, I've got you, you know, I've got your back. Like, yes, you're invited to go in this energy. So I think that instantly made me, you know, really comfortable, like taking your class and learning your style of Reiki, which is obviously mind blowing. Like there's, you know, no doubt about that. And then I just, I just knew that that was, it was just not, not it. There was just so much more for us mm-hmm. you know, and in, in this journey. So you know, tell the people, and obviously I know this, but tell everyone why you do what you do and maybe even diving into what you do. Oh, okay. Well, you know, I've known that I was, you know, I, I had the desire in my heart ever since I can, my earliest memories, you know, probably as a toddler or whatever, uh, that I wanted to help people. Right. And growing up, of course, you see grown-ups and you see their occupations and and so as a kid, you're trying to figure out, well, which kind of grown up would I be when I grew up? You know, what, what do I want to look like? And at that time, the ones that my family would always talk about the most were doctors, you know, because what well, we were poor, and doctors weren't. So not only were they affluent, you know, and, and blessed with money, but they were intelligent to be a doctor and they helped people and and they treated doctors like they would treat a, a pastor or a priest, you know. And so I was like, ooh, I want to be a doctor. And then I'll never forget when my mom bumped her leg on a coffee table one time. And it didn't even bleed. She just walked around moaning and groaning. And I was the one passing out. So I knew doctoring probably was not going to be something I could do at that point. And then when I saw blood, that was just, that was it. You know, there was no way. Uh, So the other model, role model I had in my life was our pastor. And I was raised in a, a Protestant church, Southern Baptist and, you know, my dad was not present. And so when mom was at Wits End, she'd always send me to church. So I, you know, I basically grew up in church. And so I knew that was it. And I was the, of course, the kid that would ask all the questions you're not supposed to ask. And and the, the preacher would always pat me on the shoulder and say, you're going to be a good preacher someday. And, you know, all this stuff. And And I really, I just kind of knew that that's what was going to happen because that was the only model I, I had at the time. And yet even in the church, you know, we had these uh, rituals, you know, of laying on of hands and healing. But of course, in, in the, in the uh, church I was in and in, in that theology, they weren't teaching Reiki. They weren't teaching hands on healing. They were teaching prayer um, through which God would heal. And so that was always a little confusing to me, especially when you see Jesus healing all these people in the Bible and, he doesn't seem to be asking God to do anything, um, and nor were the disciples or the apostles. You know, they all seemed to just be doing it as though God were doing it through them. So, you know, that was always one of those nagging things. And so, uh, you know, I, I surrendered to ministry uh, when I was a junior in high school. And this was in Dayton, Ohio, a very big church. I ended up being the youth minister uh, my my junior and senior years uh, was very successful, and I didn't know why I was successful. Um, neighboring a, uh, a a town that was very steeped into Satanism, and and there was a lot of kids that I would go to school with that would you know have fingers chopped off or whatever because they were dabbling in that stuff, and and they would come to my youth group and they would get saved and they would get out of that stuff. And even though I was still a kid myself, somehow it seemed like I was able to help them find their way clear, and it was it was obviously something beyond me it wasn't normal for a teenager in high school to be able to do this you know so i concluded it was me so anyway that that went on and and i was in several things but you know i i just continued on this life of ministry all the way till my mid-30s when i had a crisis of faith and it was in seminary i finally got the money to go to seminary you know this is the big mystery school this is where all those questions are going to get answered. And I was taking from classes from guys I had read their books before I even went. So they were like, you know, kind of celebrities to me uh, and and legendary in in various church circles. And yet so many of the questions they weren't answering, they were teaching us answers to walk around, you know, to get around answering. And so, and it wasn't what I was experiencing. I was experiencing things that we weren't supposed to experience, like healing, like ghosts, like you know, things that they would say, oh, that's just the the devil or the demons trying to keep you distracted and away from God's best in your life. And so finally, I'll never forget it. I was uh, sitting in my church office and I was in this very nice church, this very huge office with all this wonderful furniture and bookshelves. And it was a minister's dream. 
And it was like this, this presence came into the room that just stunned me. And I knew right then I needed to go, you know, that I could not continue uh, doing that. And I was in music and I was about to do a world missions conference. And that once you do the music for that, you, you start your music career, you know, you, you don't go to your church, you're traveling, you know, and that was what I had actually come to Nashville to do. And this was actually my second shot at doing it. I had gotten really close before and I just knew this wasn't it. So everybody was stunned. And I really wrestled with who is God, because I realized there was a lot of things I didn't know. And so in the process of that, I got into doing ghost tours in downtown Nashville, met a guy at a Methodist church who uh, hired me. He was the guy that owned the company, which I was not expecting. And I was having experiences that were very vindicating. You know, for four years, I would take these tours and we get pictures of the apparitions and orbs. And I, I felt like I knew these individuals, you know, these, these spirits. And, um, and so that did a lot for me coming out of seminary, realizing about the nature of God, the nature of our own soul, you know, mm -hmm. that we don't die when we die, that death is actually the illusion that is the veil. You know? oh, um, right. <laughs> yes. And then um, of course, through that uh, got introduced to tarot, which, I thought was the devil's cards. Um, somebody just sprung a reading on me. They didn't ask first and it's a good thing they didn't, or I would have said no. Yeah. Um, but you know, they knew what they were talking about. They were right. So, and they didn't look like a devil worshiper. So then I had to explore that. And of course that opened up a whole, it's like getting saved all over again. Everything I learned in church was true, but it was true in such a way that even the preachers and teachers didn't know to teach it. There was a grander context. And then through that, finally, uh, in those kinds of circles, I came into healers, you know, meeting healers. And um, then just something lit inside me and I knew that was it. I, I knew I had arrived. You know, what I thought my ministry was supposed to be was what got me to what my ministry was supposed to be. And it was a, a very dark, rough, exciting road. Um, you know, I was suicidal several times throughout that journey because I, I always took my face seriously and um and yet here i was and it just it was like oh my gosh i really am going That's to do this so amazing jeff like it, it to me when i hear the story it seems like you were at the right place at the right time to receive the healing needed at that time for whatever needed to shift within you so i just feel like you were getting the downloads and you know you were getting the messages and you were just like stepping into different things you know, and also I think that was like very clarifying for you. And it, it hit that point where you knew you had to do something different. Right. Which then led me to the whole shamanic thing, which I didn't even know what a shaman was when I was being called one in Peru. And then, of course, that led to me getting adopted by a tribe, tribal family and and spending about a decade going back and forth and, and being instructed by them. It changed everything. Um, and so that's why I do what I do is because my my heart is in empowering people igniting you know their their heart's desire you know the, the bible says god gives us the desires of our heart i believe that's literally programmed in your dna and oh, yeah. as i observed the shaman in the jungle they weren't changing people they were igniting them they were stimulating that programming so that they could come into their purpose and their perfection when i went to seminary my major was church planting which was starting new churches Sadly, most new churches start from disgruntled people from old ones, which doesn't give a whole lot of hope for the endurance of a church. But but this ministry is so much different when you heal somebody, when you ignite them, when you activate that programming. Well, then they affect everybody around them. And then you have the real church, which is the community of everybody helping each other. So my passion, my ministry is to use vibration and, and energy in, in such a way as to stimulate and activate our, our body's own intelligence, our, our DNA intelligence from the divine, so that anybody around them is also affected and activated. Each one reach run, you know, and, and we all are, you know, in this together and changing the world. Right. I think that's so powerful the way you said it. It's an activation and it's so interesting because I literally talk about this with my clients, but I feel like we have the same concept, but we have a different style of explaining it. You know, it's almost the same thing, you know, and it's it's so fascinating to me that you said um, it's almost like activating your own own soul. You know, it's an, an, I remember this quote by Albert Einstein, and he said, if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, the fish will 
constantly think that it is stupid. And I think, you know, people are always striving to be someone else. And when you tap into your own personal energy and activate that within you, then you can shine and be in your own power and you can be yourself, which will almost have a ripple effect in the universe. You and I are eye to eye on this, and it's obvious even in our social media, you know, people are so programmed to look outside themselves for everything. I got to read another book, or nowadays people are too lazy to read a book. So they're just going to read quotes that are pushed posted on social media by authors as though they've actually know anything about Socrates or Plato or any of these books they haven't read. Jung, you know, uh, Einstein, you know, and, and what I love and, and I'm proud of for you and for myself is that we have something to say. Yes. And the reason we have something to say, and we're not just posting everybody else's what they said or quotes, is because we have both figured out that, you know, the keys to the kingdom are inside. The philosopher's stone is in you. You know, and we're both on the journey. And that's one of the things I really love about you. And I think we we are very com, uh, complimentary in is that we link arms and we both we get it. And and that's what we're both, I think, trying to get people to do is to stop looking at everybody else's experiences and, and mimicking the expectations and measures that would be placed on them by other people or outside forces and yep. rather going inside, finding your own measure, you know, finding your own purpose, you know, and fulfilling that. And finding yourself in so doing in your perfection, your your purpose is your perfection. You got to go in to find it in all the esoteric, you know, the church fathers, the uh, the mystery schools, all of them. That's what they teach, you know, and, and that's what they still teach if you have the ears to hear and the eyes to see. Right. I think I'm going to take that golden nugget you just dropped there. Your purpose is your perfection. Guys, listen up. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, like. Whatever your purpose is, it's perfect in its own unique ways. Like, you know, rather than trying to fit into something else that you're not because everybody else is doing it, how how would it be if you just like tapped into that? And, you know, it's interesting that you talked about this because the first session that I have with the client, the question I ask is, what do you want? Don't tell me what your husband wants from you. Don't tell me what your parents want. Like if you just tuned everything out and asked yourself, what do you want? And if they say, I don't know, then that's when we know we need to do some shadow work because it's like, okay, there's just so much codependency that they don't know what they want, <laughs> you know? Right. So And the shadow is like a mirror that reflects the sun. So, you know, we got to think the moon too, you know? And so sometimes we know what we want by knowing what we don't want. That's so true. That's so true. And there is this, uh, I have another spiritual teacher that taught me this. And she said, life is about nete nete. So, it, you know, it's a Japanese saying. So nete nete is not this, not that, not this, not that. So basically you're identifying what you don't want to get clarity on what you do want. It's shadow and light. And we have to remember without shadow, all there is there is light, which is nothingness seemingly because the whole space is filled with just light but with shadow you, now you have form you know you have contour you can see the shape you know, you can't do that without shadow you need both so shadow reflects the light so it makes a lot of sense that you could uh figure out what you want or who you want to be or what your heart's desire is by understanding what is definitely not <laughs> right. No, 1000%. And, you know, this is a question out of curiosity. I know we didn't discuss this, but it's more of a curiosity. Like, what would you say are some of the profound experiences you've had in like, you know, I know you do a lot of things. You do like life coaching, you do tarot reading, you know, you do a lot of energy work. So what would you say are some of the profound things that you have seen happen for clients? Oh, Wow. Well, I've, I've seen what happens typically with my clients is they come in because they have an ache or a pain right. or they're having some problem and they want me to do an intuitive reading for them. And so at a certain point, the problem gets resolved. You know, the pain is gone, right. but they are so enamored by the deeper things that are happening in their spirit, you know, in the process that it's as if the problem or the pain was the way for them to get here to do the real work. And so then what really makes my heart full and, and which shows me that I've been successful is when I see clients coming just because they want to, you know, they don't need to, there's nothing wrong. They're just maintaining and going deeper. And then to see them affecting the world. I have clients who've like gone on to be life coaches themselves, who've gone on to be, you know, influential ministers, 
uh, like in, in various churches. Um, I've seen people go on to be writers, uh, to, to go on and, and use this energy in their music and, and actually have something to say other than just another love song, but actually something impactful, you know, to, hey. to people. Right. Um, you know, it's, I've seen marriages healed because when, when people understand themselves and then they see each other all over again, like they did the first time, then they, they remember why they're together in the first place and the clutter gets cleared. You know, it's it's profound. It is really profound, isn't it? Like, and, and I know I incorporate more of, uh, like you said, it's like a more project manager. <laughs> I think Jeff and I do a lot of things and it's very, very similar. Um, I guess my way of approach is, you know, talking, talking to the client, discovering what they want and, you know, basically identifying where the blocks are in the here and now, like, what is the fear? What is the self-limiting belief? Like, where is it coming from? Is it coming from your dad? Is it coming from your mom? And, you know, just going really deeper into the shadow, like the moon, like you said, going deeper and identifying the traumas and the triggers and using basically like EFT tapping, you know, energy healing and theta healing and hypnotherapy and all these things to, to really release that, to give them the energetic permission to be more who they are. And I think that's where, for me, uh, we talked about this too, like human design really comes in the picture. It's like, it's like a permission slip to be yourself. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so I've started incorporating that. So Say something about that, because that's a pretty comprehensive approach. You're not just using one set of information. So I think you maybe should break that down a little bit. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So basically, just to give you guys a little more background, like my family was like born into numerology. So my grandfather was like a world renowned numerologist at the time he was alive. And, you know, he basically passed the lineage on to, you know, my dad, my uncles, you know, so they all do it in India. And I kind of do it in the United States and, you know, other parts of the world. So, you know, I've always found numerology uh, and I do the Chaldean system and I found it to be really fascinating and eye opening to, you know, embody the numbers because numbers have always had a significant impact on my life. And I think they do with everyone when you tap into it. So basically, I started doing that. And then, you know, there's always astrology component. And I've kind of leaned more towards the Vedic astrology, which is the ancient, most ancient forms of astrology. And I know I don't do Vedic astrology, but I have a reputed astrologers back home, back in India that actually get the chart done. And it's really accurate. So I got that done, too. And then, you know, I came across human design like a year and a half ago. And I saw that this was a system that combined astrology, the chakra systems, and the I Ching Kabbalah. So I was like, which is also the Hindu Brahmin system. So, and I'm a Hindu Brahmin. So for me, it immediately, when I saw that it was the Hindu Brahmin system with the I Ching Kabbalah and astrology and, you know, everything together, it just clicked. And yeah. clicked in me and I was like, okay, I need to understand how this works. So mm -hmm. believe it or not, I actually got a reading for myself and I was so blown away to a point where nothing came as close as this. Like the only thing that came that close was like the Vedic astrology. And then this just opened it to something else. And mm -hmm. then I was just hooked. I was like, okay, like, you know, the gates and the channels, it can get very complicated. And you see the diagram, it's like a complicated diagram when you look right. at the human design chart. <laughs> so when I got into it, I was able to tap in to my gifts like 10 times more. Yes. 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 And that's what I liked about it. I liked that I was able to tap into my gifts 10 times more. I discovered that I'm not supposed to operate like everyone else. And even though I do you know, my work and I do my meditation, I do my own clearings. We are still in the society. We are still a part of the collective. Sometimes I get stuck in the rat race. You know, mm -hmm. I'm like, maybe I should be doing this better. Maybe I need to work on myself better. It does come in here and there. So human design gave me like a permission slip to just be unapologetically myself. And yeah. that doesn't mean I have to copy anyone. I don't have to be better than anyone. I don't have to be beneath everyone or anyone. It's just being myself and being comfortable in my own energy. So, you know, to answer your question, that's what it does for me. So now I'm like determined to give that tool to my clients. And, and you know, this is something I do. I like 
the first session, we, you know, like have a good session. We talk, we do some coaching, we do some tapping and energy work. And the, immediately the second session is human design. Let's yeah. find out who you are. <laughs> Let's tap into that. <laughs> yeah. And I do something similar when, when I'm starting with somebody, I'm looking at their numerology, but I'm not just looking at one, you know, just the Pythagorean. I'm also looking at Kabbalah, Kabbalistic numerology. Uh, I'm looking at Gematria. I'm looking at medieval numerology. I'm looking for patterns, you know, that extend beyond just one man's name or one culture's traditions, right? And then, uh, and then I'm also looking at tarot archetypes, not to tell the future, but to see what's going on in their soul's journey, where they're at, what they're likely to be experiencing within this context of what the numbers are saying. And so then, at, you know, by the time we get to discussion, you know, I'm able to ask the right questions to drill down to the right answers. So where you're starting out is, okay, tell me why you're here. What, what, what do you want to do? I'm telling you, you know, they come in and I tell them why they're here. (laughs) And then we drill it down from there. Of course, you know, we have to work together so that we got to figure out, you know, I can't be in their head and know exactly this it's this job or it's that relationship. You know, I can describe it pretty well, but they have to, you know, identify it, you know, and then of course we do the energy work and the, the pastoral counseling for me, I, I call it more pastoral counseling because I'm approaching everything from the spiritual soul journey context. Right, right, uh, right. Every once in a while, I'll get somebody and I'll just, I, you know, I used to be an old HR exec and project manager. So sometimes I'll just drill down and switch yeah. hats. But for the most time, most of the t- period and most of the time, what I'm really trying to do is just get their compass straight. So then the decisions become organic. Right. That's amazing, Jeff. Yeah, uh, it's more it's so uh, interesting to me that you've had so much of a different like different in like differences in backgrounds and what you've done. And that's like the manifesting generator in you. <laughs> I remember when I did that, I asked you, what are you, Jeff? Are you a projector? Are you a manager? And you were like, it's the manifesting generator energy that's like multi-passionate, can tap into different things at the same time. You know, I think that is something that you have within you, which you utilize really well, you know, with your clients. So, you know, we're talking about energy work and all this like amazing things that we do. So in your opinion, like who should consider energy work and how would you simplify that for people who think it's like very woo woo and mystical and stuff like that? Like, what would you say? And I think I love your explanations in in classes even that you've given. So (laughs) go for it. I'll give it. But before that, I want to do a plug for you, because I know a lot of people that have been to human design readings and including myself, and they were very unimpressive. And the reason I love that you're doing it is because you're not going to be the woman who's looking up her books and relying on a computer program to do it all for you. You have truly internalized this stuff when people come to you and we share some clients. So I know the results are real because I hear about them. I can witness them. Right. And so I just on this podcast really want to affirm that if anybody is curious about human design and really wants the real thing from somebody who isn't just memorizing stuff and and reading from a book or a computer program that's being spitting out reports, uh, I would 100 percent say, you know, you're the real deal. I've seen the results. You clearly have connected to it at a level that you've become a master with it. And I think it's pretty, you know, pretty astounding what you've been able to do. Well, it Um, is an honor hearing that from the master himself. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you've mastered so many things, you know, so I think it's, it's really an honor to hear it from you. And, you know, I, I, I always, my approach in life is I'm a student every day. That's just, that's just my take on it. I learn from whoever I can learn and I incorporate it. And, you know, I, I often like invest in coaches myself and healers myself and, you know, I take what I can get and I learn and it's, I feel like every day is a new journey and there's so much to look forward to. There's so much expansion. And I think if you and we allow ourselves to expand, it can be unlimited. And I think that's, that's the beauty of it. It is absolutely unlimited. That's the whole point. Yeah. So with energy healing, you know, why would somebody want energy healing? Well, people come for a number of different reasons. You know, I hit on this before. They might come because they just don't feel good. They might become because they're frustrated at work. Uh, maybe they're just having anxiety. Lots of people have anxiety. Lots of people have medical things that they've gone for years to a doctor and, and no one is, is really able to be effective. And, and people forget that doctors aren't trained in this stuff. You know, there's more than just the physical body, even your medicines, you know, they're, they're presuming a certain level of balance within the body for the medicine to work. It's chemistry. If your body's right. not 
in balance, then it's not going to work the same as it did in the lab, right? And so we forget that, you know, I've had a lot of doctors and nurses in class and, and, you know, it, it first, it used to surprise me that they were so surprised, you know, that they were learning from me, you know, they're doctors after all. Uh, and, and then I realized that, no, it isn't that surprising because this isn't what they're teaching. You know, there are holistic doctors out there, um, who know this stuff and, and they're incredible, but, um, you know, it's, it's not a competition with moisture medicine. It's a linking of arms, you know? So I, the first thing I would say is this a great, uh, way of taking a holistic approach is is going to the Western medicine doctor, but also seeing you know somebody who's offering you know the types of things that you and I offer, whether it be various different types of healing energy modalities or you know the coaching counseling to help you just you know you tap into the right stuff, uh, realizing there's layers to our bodies and our consciousness. Isn't that um, amazing? The layers. That's that's so amazing. Yeah, keep going. I'm just getting blown yeah. away because you're hitting all the points. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's just it. There's layers. I mean, you you got to work with the mental body, the emotional body, the spiritual body. Yeah, I mean, there's there's all. I'm not. I'm not going to go into all that. But it's there are. We're complicated. We're complex. And the thing is, is we know that we are because we see it mirrored back to us in the complexity of everything else on the planet, including the very basic, you know, cells. <laughs> you know, and the way that they divide, and the shapes they create, and the the uh, vibrations they emit. You know. Uh, with the particles in our air, we take it for granted. You know, the air looks clear, but it isn't. We learn this in grade school, most of us. It's a hive of activity. It's complex. That's you know, so we can't really think that we're supposed to be simple. <laughs> you know? So true. That's yeah. really good that you said that. And, you know, people think it's like a magic pill. You know, I think we really need to touch base on that because people are like, oh, I want to be healed. I want to be healed. I had one of this client that said, I want to be healed. And I was like, listen, there is no healed. Like, what do you mean by healed? <laughs> they meant cured. Yeah. <laughs> um, even in the jungle, I promise you, you know, the shamans that I, you know, I've observed and witnessed and that have inspired me you know, to continue, uh, they don't cure everybody. Now, let's be real, Minu, you and I probably see, and, and I tell my students this, if you do this kind of work, you're probably going to see miracles about 60% of the time. And yep. I think that's conservative. It's yep. it's probably more than that. You know, I don't know how to cure cancer, but I've got many clients now who have been freed of stage four cancer. Well, wow, that looks like I'm a, a real superpower. Right. Um, but I'm not. I was working with their body's own programming, activating what was there, and it knew how to do that with the right stimulation. Right. Um you know, I've, I've seen people come out of chronic depression or abusing, you know, Adderall, or now it's, it's everybody's getting addicted to, to mushrooms and pot and whatnot. And, and, you know, even, even the, uh, pot a marijuana extracts, um, you know, they're get, even to get addicted to that stuff, which the whole point was that you weren't supposed to. Right. Um, and yet people can come clean that the body has that memory. It has that program. It has that intelligence. So to answer your question in energy healing, how is it, how does it work? Well, it's more biological than it is spiritual. It is a spiritual work. There is definitely a spiritual component, just like we have a spiritual body. We are spirits inhabiting a flesh and blood body. Our body is not us. It is the vehicle that we go through life in. But, you know, in this work, it is largely biological. You know, you don't have to be of any one particular faith. You know, healing is not a religion. It is something that we are enabled to do by the divine, having given us the divine spirit in us, you know, that divine spark, the very breath of God that gives us life that is measured through vibration in every cell of our body. Every particle is vibrating. It's never still. You know, right. scientists have measured that. The closest a particle ever gets to still is zero point, which means it's never still. And if everything is moving in your body, then anything is possible. Anything we may, is possible. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yes, we may feel stuck. We may feel blocked. Those are wonderful ways of articulating our experience because something doesn't feel right. But scientifically, we understand that there really isn't any such thing because every particle is moving. It doesn't need to be unstuck. It needs to be stimulated to move in a different way, you know, as per the programming in your DNA. Right. And so I like to think of it as, you know, one example I use is a hug. You know, when... You were a little kid and you scraped your knee. You may have gone and, and cried and cried and cried until some adult found you, swooped you up and embraced you. And then you cried some more. So all the other little kids would be sure and see that you were being held by the adult and getting the attention. 
And then they went on to playing and the cry went to a whimper. And finally you got tuckered out and you put your head on their shoulder, but you kept one eye open because you're still watching your friends and the adult was not sensitive to this and they weren't moving the way you were wanting to move. And so then you started to whimper because you're trying to see more and you're wiggling a little bit because you're trying to crane your neck to watch your friends who aren't paying attention to you. And then you started crying because you just wanted to be put down so you could go play, even though the injury is just as bad as it was moments ago when your whole world was coming apart because you were sure you were going to die if somebody didn't pick you up. And what's happened there is an exchange of energy, you know, and a, a vibration like a tuning fork, two tuning forks or, or a tuning fork with a piano or whatever, you know, vibration affecting vibration. What happened in the course of that embrace is the vibration of that loving adult, you know, interacted with your vibration and set it in its place. It, it helped activate that balance to where you were like a normal little kid and, and didn't care that you have an injury. Your desire to play was stronger. You know, um, another example I like to use is the car battery that dies. You know, when your car battery runs out, you're finding your jumper cables. You're looking for another person that has a, a running operating battery in their car. You put the jumper cables on their battery and then you put them on yours. They start their car. And you just know that within seconds to minutes, your car is going to start because it typically always does. And with energy healing, it's just like that, you know, except our, our hands would be like the jumper cables. Right. What I don't, what, what I actually like about that analogy best is what we don't do. And it, it speaks to some of the complexities. What we don't do is most of us aren't going to probably open a car battery and look inside. You know, we're not going to see if it has enough juice or if the coils are broken or blocked or stuck. And if we were truthful, even if we did look inside, we probably wouldn't understand what we were looking at, even if we were staring right at the problem. Right. Thank God we don't have to understand the inner workings of a car battery. Right. All we have to understand is that if we provide that energy to the car battery, it has the intelligence to know exactly what to do with it to affect balance and reactivation. And that intelligence is in its engineering. Our bodies are the same way. I'm not a doctor. I'm not even a medical intuitive, and I, I don't wish to even try to be. Mm-hmm. But what I do understand is that if I am interacting with your body, vibration with vibration, your body has the engineering to know exactly where that energy needs to go to affect balance and reactivation, and that engineering is in your DNA. So as a healer, I'm not doing woo-woo stuff. I'm not invoking spirits. I'm not doing any incantations. I'm not doing any crazy rituals. It's so easy. It's difficult. It's, you know, the power of healing is in its purity. And when you go into some of these shamanic places, you know, they're not all about the ritual. There may be rituals, but the actual healing is very simple. Um, you know, and it's, it's because it's so simple that it's so confounding to people. You know, because it's stimulating what's already in there. It, it's not manipulating it. It's a. It's interacting with it in such a way that balance is achieved. Right. I think that's explained so well. Like, basically, it's very similar. I give a similar example to my clients before energy work. I'll be like, imagine the cell phone getting plugged to the charger. Don't complicate it. <laughs> Yeah. You know, and that's what I say because it's like, and then they say, Oh, can you fix me? I said, There is no need to fix anything. The energy is going to do what the energy is going to do because the energy has its own intelligence. I don't need to know. You even need don't, don't need to know. And you know, let's remove the ego out of it where we want to know everything and just let it do what it's supposed to do. And you show up and I show up with the highest integrity and having this exchange and let's just see what happens. You know, and whenever I tell them that and say, Be open for the experience the experience is all almost great <laughs> always, you know? Yes, of course. Yeah. And I mean, that is the definition of a miracle. It's something we don't understand. You know, thank God, even as healers, you know, what people don't realize is as true healers, true shaman, you know, even true intuitives, you know, as we both are, um, you know, the whole thing is, is very basic. You know, we're, we're not manipulating. We are connecting. We are co-experiencing with our clients, right? Yeah, you know, we're not directing even. We are co-experiencing. We're experiencing with you. You know, what people don't realize is that the healer is getting healed at the same time that you're getting healed. You know, if I rub my foot on the carpet and shock you, you know, I didn't create that electricity. It was already there. All I did was interact with it. I didn't know, uh, you know, I knew you were going to get shocked, but I didn't know how big the shock was going to be, how far it was going to travel. 
or right. how much shock I was going to get to share with you, right? All I did was interact with the electricity, and then we both experienced that electricity together. Right. So as a healer, I'm not owning any responsibility to tell you what's going to happen right. or to even tell you that I understand what did happen, but rather I have been with you throughout that experience. And of course, I will usually have some guidance and insights as to how to assimilate that, right. you know, and what to do with it. But as far as making it happen, no, all we're doing is interacting with this miraculous energy that's all around us, you know, that Einstein and Tesla and everybody has taught us about it. It's, it's just as you know, material as it is spiritual, you know, and, and, but in being available to interact with that energy, we can affect balance in other people and, and within ourselves. Right. I think that's like the best explanation. And, you know, you touched base on a lot of this, even in the class and it's just so easy. Like we already have the energy, we have the energy in us. So it's not, I'm not creating it for you. (laughs) You're not creating it for you. It's already there. It's just a mini initiation to get it flowing. It's like, you know, initiating the life force, the prana energy to flow properly, you know, in, in the simplest way, you know, if I had to go back to ancient Indian times and say it, it's, it's literally prana, you know, it's yeah. life force. That's, that's what we're doing here. And I think that's just so fascinating. So if you would say like, mainly like, who's like the primary demographic that you're working with? Because I feel like, Yes, we have some clients that we share, but I think you have a very different demographic compared to myself. <laughs> right. So, yeah. Our demographics, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Our demographics match our approaches. You know, you are, as I perceive, really working with people that are, are professional or, or getting that way or just, you know, they have specific goals they're achieving. Um, my demographic tends to be heavily on the, the spiritual metaphysical community or people who have experienced trauma as a result of that community. Mm-hmm. Um, so now I, I get lots of people who just want to feel better. I get lots, you know, that, of course, you know, they think a shaman can, can right. cure everything. A good many of them get hearings and, but they don't understand that I'm not in control of that. But what I am in control of where my heart really aches is for people who have come up in a culture where they're taught that they're nothing. You were born into nothingness. You were right. born not good enough. It infuriates me. And I used to preach this stuff as I've gotten deeper into scripture, you know, the Bible, but also other scriptural texts, you know, the Kabbalah, the Torah, um, you know, Hermeticism and the deep principles there. They're also influenced by Buddhism. You know, people don't even realize that Christianity is largely influenced by Buddhism. You know, when you when you get to understand these universal principles that are in all of them. Well, it gives you some laws to live by. It gives you some rules to live by. So when I'm coaching somebody on a professional thing uh, or or healing them so that they have the strength to go through their divorce healthy, I'm not just helping them come to good practical steps. I am helping them come to the spiritual, universal, eternal truths that would then lead them to those more you know, mundane, you know, practical you know, steps that we must take to navigate a situation. You know, uh, I want to pull people out of their trauma and pull them into the allegory, you know, to see the bigger picture so that they're not being herded by obstacles and herded by bullies and, and, and other people and forces in the material world, but rather they're able to see the bigger picture and in so doing rise above all of that, you know, and and make better choices, you know, make strategic choices so they, they can be strategically authentic as they're navigating their their lives so you know people who have given up on themselves people who are depressed people who have come to the end of their rope uh people who've been hurt by well-intentioned religious systems and people um you know those and, and people who want to change the world you know who really do have it in their heart even when they're at their the rock bottom and they feel like they're not worthy of anything but there's something in them that really does want to make an eternal impact. Those are the people that I really get excited about. And that's, that's who I see when I'm writing my articles, you know, teenagers that are just getting and, and young 20 somethings that are just getting out in the world and, and to get them to realize what they can really do, the power they actually have, you know, as well as the the people who are older, but are, are coming into their, their power, coming into their, awareness later in life, you know, such as, you know, Mikhail Yusoy, remember the father of Reiki was 57 (laughs) when, when Reiki was born, you know, from an epiphany meditation he was doing. So yeah, that, that's, 
who I see my demographic is. How about I think you? That's amazing, Jeff. And you know, it's it's so uh, I have this interesting analogy. I feel like um, more than I know this for myself, at least, is that I attract a pa- my clients are a past version of me. That's who is like coming to me. Like, so everything that I have dealt with in my life, that's the demographic that I attract. (laughs) So there was a lot of like cultural trauma, you know, because I grew up in a very, very conservative culture. And even though my parents were excellent parents, like I have no complaints about it. There was still a lot of like cultural programming, cultural conditioning as a woman, as a brown woman, you know, so I work with a lot of people that have a lot of conditioning, you know, where they come from. That's like my, uh, that's a big demographic that I attract. And also women that have gone through trauma in their relationships, because, you know, I've, I've gone through a divorce. I've gone through my own share of like traumas in different relationships because of low self-worth, because of not really claiming who I am because there was shame and guilt there. So I work a lot with, you know, helping people heal trauma and their relationships, releasing shame, releasing guilt to fully be who they are, <laughs> because mm-hmm. I think that's the big missing piece for people. It's like, they don't know who they are because they're trying to be something else because that's what was programmed to them that that is a better version that is more accepted by the society. So I feel like my demographic is like now I'm recently it's really interesting now I'm starting to like attract more male clients, you know, which for a long time it wasn't there. It was mainly like 98% of my clientele were like women, but now things are like starting to shift that I'm attracting a little more male clients to work with me, which is always amazing because men need healing, a lot of healing because their conditioning is so severe. Their conditioning is very aggressive. Like from, from the time you were a child, you're thought, you know, don't feel your feelings. Don't cry, be a man, you know, like, so you're just, you're used to like stuffing all that in and you need a safe place too to like release everything and rebalance. Well, you just said it right there, safe. But before I, I harp on that, um, or go off on my, my little tangent, um, <laughs> I just want to say, you know, again, you know, I've seen you go through some of your own personal struggles and I've seen you thrive and, and that speaks volumes to what you have to offer your clients. And isn't it funny? Because the same is true with me. You know, the people that come, I think I'm so amazing and that I just know so much. And I I do know a lot, but I also know enough to know that I really don't know that much. There's so much more for me to know. And and that's kind of the curse of even going on this path is that the further you go, the more you realize somebody else has been before you that knew more than you did. And there's people listening to this probably even right now going, "Ah, they don't know nothing because they're (laughs) ahead of us, you know, but at least we're on the path. And that's the thing is to get people on the path. But isn't it fun that almost without fail, the people that find you are the people that went through something of what you went through, you know? And and so I don't usually share my personal life with people, but I see something of my own reflection and the things that they're experiencing. And, and, and so it's like, you have the skill set, you have the, the introspection, the insights, the perspective to give you the tools to tap into the wisdom that comes from a, a higher place, you know, and, and, you're able to relate and in so many ways we're still healing ourselves even even as we are you know working and healing we are recording this podcast we're still healing (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah yeah but safe i want to talk about safe especially and it isn't just men anymore because now women have this pressure to to be like men oh yeah i talk about that so much yeah it's so frustrating and i i think and you can probably relate I don't, I don't think you're that much younger than me. Um, but a lot of it has to do with how men and women meet. Right. You know, on the, you know, they're on the internet now and everybody just assumes that the picture has been, you know, through a filter, you know, the, you know, you can't really trust everything in the biographies. You really don't know who you're meeting. And right. we're doing this in a culture where, especially here, this is one of the main hot spots for human trafficking. You could be meeting somebody who's ready to kidnap you and sell you, you know, uh, safe. How do you feel safe in that environment? And that is what people are coming through. And then you've got, you know, the churches that are, are teaching you're going to hell if you're not doing things a certain way or, or you know, treating your bodies a certain way. And, and, and people are told not to do certain things. Try to save sex for people that are meaningful and, and, and not sleep around and, you know, 
all people are getting is that it's not safe because they might get a disease or the person might not be a good person or, you know, whatever. But they're not learning that their bodies are a temple that oh, holds that's their so spirit. Wow, thanks for saying that. Identity. They're not learning that God is within and that the whole reason that you do that is because you're protecting your temple. Your body is something sacred. And so is that other person's, you know, you have to earn the right to enter. Right. And so in this day and age, it isn't safe. You know, you know, people are thrown into a situation where they have to check and ignore all their instincts, you know, and go meet a total stranger. And then there's all this pressure. You know, if you don't sleep with somebody the second day, you're probably not going to have a third, you know, or if the guy doesn't act like he wants it, well, then they're going to think he's gay or something, you know, and even in this, with all the sexual stuff, people still, you know, that that's still a thing, you know, it, it, they're, they're wondering about you. Um, it isn't safe. And I, and I think that is something that we as healers, you know, together, and I know that there are others really hope to provide some safety and giving people their power back to say, no, you don't have to participate in this system. You can go meet people in person in a meetup group, in a church, in, in some kind of nonprofit. Yeah, that's how they used to do it in the old days, right. you know, before Google, you know, and, and to where you don't have to wonder if they really look you know, like they say they do. You don't have to really wonder if they're involved in the things they are because you already know a bunch about them just because of where you met them, right? right. Um, it's giving people their power back so that they can feel safe rather than everything being over the internet you know, like they're doing a mail order bride or a husband or something. It's it's crazy. Right. That's so interesting because I was having a conversation with a client just this morning, obviously not giving any personal information about the client itself. Um, and, you know, she was telling me that, you know, she had been with this guy and then she was nervous that he hadn't called her back. And it had been two or three days after they had met and she was nervous. And then you know, she she mentioned to me, she was like, oh, I, I'm sure it's going to be okay. I'm sure he's going to call me back. And I had to put her in her power right away. I said, what if he doesn't call you back? What's going to happen to you? Nothing is going to happen to you. I just want you to be in your own energy and see what's coming up for you, this anxious attachment style. And let's actually like talk through that and work through that. You know, why are you giving your power away to somebody else to call you to fix you or make you feel better? And I think we have very like similar convictions when it comes to like giving the power away, right? And I think that's a whole new tangent, but this is something I wanted to touch base on. It's like crystals and everything. It's like people give their power away to things and saying, I need to carry this crystal to this job interview to get this job. This is my good luck crystal that I need to carry on my date. Like, don't even get me started. on it. It's like, use it with you. Don't use it for you. This is something, you know, you talk about and I talk about too. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, one thing oh, I learned this when I was in the jungle doing uh, plant medicines with the, the tribe and it wasn't something they specifically taught me. It was something I experienced and then had the epiphany as a result of that experience. And that is, you know, plants don't have to work for you. They are not just love and light spirits. You know, they can kill you and they do all the time. Uh, they have a free will like we do. They're not gods, nor do they think they are, but you have entered into their domain when you ingest or participate in, in some form of plant medicine. And so you're in their realm. And what people don't realize is the plant usually tests you and decides if it's going to work with you. That's right? right. And and so that's where I really got it with crystals. You know, I, I would work at a, a metaphysical store here in town and I would do readings and I watched people who I know didn't have a lot of money and they were spending what little money they had to buy crystals because they needed to not be angry or they needed to be protected or they wanted love in their life or they're trying to meet their spirit guides. So they're going to get an amethyst, you know, and, and they're getting these little tiny crystals, you know, and paying way too much for them. And they're in every week buying more crystals because, well, the other ones obviously aren't doing the job, you know, or they're buying sage. I mean, if we only could buy stock in sage, we'd be wealthy because most people have no clue what they're doing with this stuff or Palo Santo, you know, and it's not that these things are incapable of working with you, but that's just it. If you're expecting them to do the work, they're not going to do anything. They're not your slaves. You know, you get to borrow them for a time, but one day your body's going to pass and somebody else will get to own them. And if it's just a bunch of little dinky crystals, they're probably not going to uh, appreciate them the way you would wish. 
you know, because, well, they're nothing to them. They're just rocks, right? right. Um, you know, the power is, is rather than spending money for things that protect you, you know, which is just investing in the very thing that you're trying to keep away from, you know, you're, you're spending money and investing in the fear. It's like the churches that spend so much time talking about the devil. It, it's essentially the devil's church, you know, uh, the devil gets the spotlight more than, you know, the whole point of why they're there. Well, the same is true with all this protection stuff and these these tools we use, you know, the crystals, the oils, the plants, the pendulums, you know, all this stuff. It's all very cool things if you know how to work with them. If you're in your power, they work with you. You know, it's kind of like runners pacing. You know, if a tired runner is sent out to, to pace with a, a runner who's trying to finish, you know, the one runner isn't stealing energy from the other. Nor if one stops, you know, the other one isn't going to pick them up and, and run and carry them over the finish line. You know, the only way that works, if, if both runners stay in their own energy, their own strength and join together at a pace, you know, together in step. And by so doing, it's like this third bucket of energy is created and it's called synergy yeah. to where both runners seem to have more to finish, you know, we we know this because we have little cute sayings such as misery loves company, meaning <laughs> it's easier to be in misery if somebody else is in it, too. That's called synergy. Right. Mm -hmm. And so when we're using these tools, that's the whole point. You're you are creating a partnership, a synergy. It's right. not doing anything for you any more than you can do anything for it. But when you are in your power, that activates that consciousness to be in its power and the effect is that you're able to do more. Right. I, I think that's the best way you could have explained it, the, the concept of synergy and what it means. And, you know, I had this incident with a client. I think I talked about this even in an in Instagram. And, you know, she was going for a job interview and she was like, I really need to carry my citrine and my pyrite. And I said, I challenge you or more like I invite you not to take it, you know, and let's actually work through some of the fears that's coming up for you regarding the interview. And let's actually clear that so that you feel like you don't need anything. You are the damn crystal girl. Like, you know, I literally have to say that. <laughs> you literally have crystals in your bones. I mean, come on. I mean, we are made of the earth, right? Right. Buy a bunch. Exactly. That's so true. And then to complete the story, she actually ended up getting the job. And I said, well, you didn't need it. Now you see that you didn't need it. So I just feel like if there is any chance People want to like take their power away and put it on something else, because let's face it, it is really difficult to take personal responsibility. You know, yeah. it's very difficult to look in the mirror and say, I think I may have caused it unconsciously and I accept the lesson and let me learn from this and grow from this. It's hard to do that. <laughs> and you've yes. done shadow work. We've done it. We know it's not easy. Well, and when the epiphany I had there is that when you don't do it, you're giving your power away. You know, right. when you're looking for that easy fix. When you're looking for something to rescue you, when you are saying, I didn't have any choice, well, you you're the one who took the choice away. I mean, even if it's a rock and a hard place, you get to choose the rock or the hard place rather than waiting for somebody else to choose for you and then saying, what was I supposed to do? When you when you don't own your power to choose, you lose your power, you give your power away and you will be a victim all your life. You know, but the moment, even if your life sucks, if you start to own it, right? you know, if you start to own your choices, even the ones you regret, if you own them, or if you're making a stupid choice, boy, I've done this before. And everybody told me it was a stupid choice. But at that point, I got to the point where I'm like, I've heard you. Right. Believe me, I know. But I'm choosing to do this. So if it blows up in my face, don't worry. I know it's my choice, but right. I'm doing it. And sometimes I did. I made really dumb choices, but I chose to. And I didn't blame anybody else. And I got over it really quick right. because I'm still in my power. You, know. really power. you took so much responsibility. You said you're ready for the consequences. And that's something that I do when I'm like embarking upon an unknown journey that I'm excited and also nervous about. I'll be like, well, this is my decision. I've thought through this. I've slept on it. I've meditated on this. And this is going to be something that I take personal responsibility for, however it goes. And then when I do that, you know, it just, I just feel more myself. Well, let's take it to another thing. We talked about men not feeling safe. How about everybody living in fear right now? Nobody's feeling safe. You know, yep. look at our economy. Yep. It's not just the United States. Every nation is is going through these horrendous things. You know, they, they're changing everything, right? 
to where you can't really count on, you know, is our money going to be there tomorrow? Or are they going to change it all? You know, are we going to have a bank holiday, you know, like they did in Greece and in other countries? You know, is our government just going to pronounce things on us and we're not going to do anything? You know, and th this is the thing where as a people, we need to own our power. You know, it's not just in your own personal life, yep. but, you know, if you don't like politics, then don't participate. Do something That's different. Right. You know, exactly. yep. uh, it, this is a point. Don't vote for somebody you don't like. If you don't pick for the least of the worst, demand a real candidate, you know. Maybe run yourself, maybe get a friend to somebody who's normal who hasn't grown up in the system. You know, you know, when there when the when there are no followers, there are no leaders, you know, uh, and that's a huge theme this year as a seven year, you know, where we we rise up or we get yeah. suppressed, you know, and as long as people are immersing themselves in entertainment that is fear based in music that is fear and anger based in social media that is fear and anger based. You know, and let's not forget that sarcasm comes out of anger. That is the root of that humor. And I'm very good at it sometimes, but that <laughs> is where it comes from. You know, it, it comes from anger, you know, um, you know, when our, when those are the major themes for our entertainment, for our humor, you know, uh, from everything stimulating us, you know, it's easy to be bullied. It's easy to give your power away and to just, resign yourself to be a victim because if you're a victim then you don't have to take your nose out of the social media and actually pay attention and care about what's going on in your world you know nice. uh, whereas if you take your power back well you decide you know what the phone is something i pay for for my convenience i'm going to put it down for a while i'm going to focus on building my own life being in my own power you know right. making own stands maybe right. finding you know people who are like-minded to make that stand with me you know um, that's what it takes, you know, but we're so afraid we have given into this fear. Um, and we're so busy trying to protect ourselves and to feel more powerful that we're, we're doing everything, but what we have to do to get our power back and to actually make that difference. Exactly. And the way I, it's so beautifully explained, Jeff, the way I explain it to my clients is stop putting band-aids. Stop mm -hmm. putting band-aids on your problems and right. stop resorting to other things for security because you, you and I know we've done a lot of work. It's like security comes from within. Safety comes from within. The second you start looking for it from another person, from a situation, you, again, it's like giving your power away. You're literally outsourcing everything to that thing to give you that feeling. And so I, you know, I do a little bit of manifestation too. It's like, so for me, I'm all about feel the feeling anyway. Feel yes. it anyway. Feel it now because the if feeling is the key because you are wanting that thing to get that feeling. You are wanting that house to get that feeling. You are wanting that relationship to get that feeling. So then why can't we just allow ourselves to, to embody those feelings in our body now in the here, in the present? 100%. And then, yeah. Yep. And, the, it, you know, it's like being coherent with the heart and the mind at the same time with the desires. So we become a vibrational field for that desire, which in turn makes that desire come easily with least resistance and the highest and best good. Because, again, control is the thing, right? We want to control how it comes. We want to control where it's coming from. Control is illusion. Like. Control is the biggest illusion. There is no control. Nobody has control. And when we say this, it's like scary for people, but nobody does. <laughs> Oh, but what people don't get, and, and I could write a book on this as well, because I, I had a very different life, you know, when I was younger than what I'm enjoying now. Uh, not, and I'm not wealthy now, but at least I can pay my bills and I feel wealthy because I can, because I had so many years that I couldn't. Mm -hmm. um, but here's the thing. If I thought, you know, when I left organized religion as a result of my crisis of faith, um, my call to ministry didn't stop. Right. My heart H for it. That's how I got into HR. It was the it was the only other way I could know to be a minister in some capacity um, that wouldn't be judging me, you know. And 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 yet, you know, that didn't fill the hole. the The calling never went away. And I had people say, "Oh, you'll probably be back in a church again. You're cut out for ministry. There's no way you're not going to be doing it." Even psychics, and I knew they were wrong, but I didn't know where this was going, and the call wasn't going away. And I know that the divine doesn't mess with us, and I had no idea that I was going to have a healing practice, you know, that I was going to get to go to Peru and, and become a shaman, you know, and, and, and do all the things. I had no clue. I couldn't even have conceived of that. It wasn't in my mind to even work with for a dream board. 
If right. I had been fixated on what it had to look like and how it had to happen, I would have missed everything. When we really manifest and we're manifesting the experiences, the desires of our heart, not the articulation of them. Um, typically, my experience has been that it is far beyond anything I would have known to imagine. And, and I mean that it's better than anything I would have known to imagine when, you know, you're talking about how well we're setting a vibration, which is then compatible with the vibration and draws it in. I would say, I feel like we're aligning with the divine mind. One thousand percent. So doing our desires are God's desires and vice right. versa. You know, we are in alignment and then we get to step into these experiences that we have been feeling, we have been longing for. We just didn't know what they were going to look like. Yep, that's so well said. And I say this to my clients too, uh, probably articulated in a different way. I say that if you have a desire, it's already it's already done. It's already it's yours. Hard. It's, it's it, like a shadow. When your friend's approaching you and you see your friend's shadow, it's like you feel them already before you've even turned around to look at them. It's so close, you can feel them. <laughs> exactly. So I'll say like, and if you follow that desire and sort of questioning it and asking if you're good enough and just take the take the inspired action because it's coming to you because it's for you. For example, like my desire is to, you know, help the collective consciousness in any way possible. Right. My desire is also to grow spiritually in expansion. I believe in all of that. My desire is not to be a supermodel. My desire is not to be a celebrity. So, you know, so it's not mine, but what is mine is already implanted in me. That's why it's even coming up as a desire. So when people understand this, it blows their minds. It's like, okay, I don't want to do this because he or she's doing it. It's mine. And I said, yes, it's yours. Just activate that. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yep. Yep. This was amazing, Jeff. Well, are there any like final words you would like to say to wrap this and, you know, tell our audience? Well, this has been fun. I don't get to do many podcasts and I've really enjoyed doing it with you. Of course, you know, I work very kindred spirits and, and so it, it's been a lot of fun just to get to get it all on a recording. I know, right? Uh, and we could talk for hours. Like we have talked for hours. Yeah. So. We need to do this again. But yes, yeah. I, I just want to say I really appreciate all that you're doing. I'm really proud of you as a, as a teacher, but as a friend and a colleague as well. Right. Uh, 100% confidence in anything you're doing. Um, and so I, I I feel like you know we are linking arms to change the world. And I hope others will feel comfortable you know, coming to us if, if they're kindred spirits and, and want to link arms with us. But um, yes, yeah. absolutely. And guys, if you are looking for, you know, energy healing, Jeff is the OG, like just, you know, book your session. And, you know, it's not don't have any expectations, go with an open mind. And, you know, see it for yourself, like just be with the energy, be open in the experience and just watch what happens. You know, that's that's the best part about energy work that, you know, we do. It's it's watching what happens and getting out of the ego. So, you know, I, I really love everything that Jeff does. His tarot readings are spectacular. You know, he's given me one 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 readings a long time ago and. Obviously, a lot of things started happening after that. So, you know, I'm a big believer, big, big fan of your work, Jeff. And I really appreciate, you know, your time and energy being here, talking to everyone. You know, I feel like everyone is going to be sharing this energy with us. And, yeah. you know, one step at a time to shift the collective, right? That's why we're here. <laughs> right. Well, we just keep taking those steps. Yep. Yes. So thank you, everyone, for tuning in on this beautiful episode. I will catch you guys next week. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Transcend Into Wellness Podcast. If this episode resonated with you or served you in any way, big or small, make sure to share it on your social media and tag me at Transcendence by Mino. I always love to be a part of any breakthroughs you have. Namaste.